Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, and This man, Prince of Darkness. And we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And I'm Eric. And this is episode 268, Your Hometown Urban Legends. Gang, what do we got today? Ooh, we got some good ones. We've got all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah? I think so. I think yeah. I think so. I think I've got a, a woman in white. I've heard tales of a follow-up possibly later later on in the episode there might be yes indeed and a whole bunch of other exciting stuff i have a guardian angel that becomes a demon so really this episode's got everything you could possibly wish for sure eric why don't you start us off with your woman in white then yeah i would love to this comes to us from carolyn and she titles the email indian run hollows woman in white okay mm -hmm. we love a woman in white I love a woman in white uh, but not after labor day <laughs> Ghosts are always in fashion. I mean, it's the beginning of the year, so plenty of time to be wearing white. You can be a woman in white for quite a few months now. Yeah, is that when it rolls over? Like when uh, it's Memorial Day to Labor Day, yeah. it's supposed to be, right? But like, yeah, win winter whites are adorable. Exactly. Yeah. I'm wearing white right now. So am I. It's true. Whoa. So Carolyn writes, it's your girl, Carolyn. Hello, Eric, Julia, <laughs> and Amanda. Hello. I started to write this while listening to episode 99 and episode 100. I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning of October, and at one point I was pleasantly surprised to hear you tell the tale of Gore Orphanage. I live in Vermilion, Ohio, so that story is local. Mm. Ooh. In light of the upcoming and current holidays, which have, have now since passed, but this was written to us in uh, the beginning of December, I don't have any Christmas ghost stories that I can reliably tell you about, so I will tell you a story about Indian Run Hollow, somewhere around Christmas time. I hold a deep love for the woods, and the land has an immense, mostly undiscovered history. Here is a little bit of backstory. This place is located in southeast Ohio, a couple miles from the Ohio River. I am unaware of the current name of the woods surrounding Little Hawking and Hawkingport, but an old Civil War map names it Indian Run Hollow. Mm. My maternal grandfather owned property for about 22 years up until this year. My father, grandfather, and I would go hunting to help fill our freezers and help keep the burgeoning deer population at bay. This story does not belong to me, but my father. A few years back, around this time, I was filling a cooler of deer meat. My grandpa was inside the cabin, two-story, two-room house, dozing off. My dad wanted to make sure that his deer had not died painfully, so he brought along our dog, Ida, to sniff her out. She had already tracked down mine and proved to be a voracious protector in scaring off an opossum. So it's the middle of the night, it's pitch black, cold, and on top of that, it had snowed in the morning. Dad was up on the hill behind our house looking for the deer with Ida furiously sniffing about. His only light source, a flashlight. It was a new moon, I believe. There had been no sign of the deer, not even a trail of blood. Midnight hit and still no sign. The hair on Ida's back was rising. An ominous growl was emitting from her. As Dad turned to what she was facing, he saw a woman. 
She had long, dark hair and was dressed in a long white gown. Mm. She was also holding the hands of two small children, also in white. Mm -mm. My father and the woman stared at each other for what seemed like hours before she slowly turned around and started walking away, dissipating into white mist. Don't follow. Uh Uh-oh. At the same time, Ida stopped barking and growling, turning to look up at my dad calmly like she hadn't gone wild. He had come back to camp, white as a ghost, as he relayed this tale. The woman's dress had been immaculate, especially as it was deep in the woods and there was really no way they could be out there that clean. Aside from the camp, a neighbor a mile down the road and across the street, the nearest neighbor was miles away. She also hadn't reacted at all to Ida barking so much. Was it a ghost? Dad swore up and down that it was. My grandfather said something about an albino stag wandering the hills. (laughs) It's a real grandpa response. Yeah. It really is, yeah. This isn't the only paranormal experience we've had there, but it is the first full-body apparition. Over the years, I've had enough ghostly experiences to face them with a healthy skepticism and be ready to debunk. However, the area feels too peaceful for there to be hauntings. I have plenty more ghost stories from my own home. I grew up in Akron, which you will remember where is where we went to Spaghettageddon at the Spaghetti Warehouse. I sure do. I also have stories from my father and grandfather inventing their own urban legends in the hollow. Classic. I'd be more than happy to share them in separate emails, which we would love to hear. Thank you so much for reading and considering this email. It was a pleasure writing it. I'll be in contact again sometime soon. What if yeah. this is the grandpa who invented Bloody Bones? Mmm. Mm. What if this is another grandchild? Could be. Good old bloody bones. And then you get the wonderful experience of not realizing that one of your cousins also loves a podcast you love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lady in White, much less creepy than bloody bones. It is. Very much less so. Distinctly so. I'm always creeped out by a dog with an opinion. (laughs) You know? A dog with an opinion. (laughs) Yeah. What opinions have you experienced dog sharing with you so far, Amanda? Kona calling you up sometimes? No, as you know, I'm incredibly allergic to animals. So my only real opinions are, you know, I'll try to say hello to Koda on FaceTime and and he'll look puzzled. Like there's two voices, but one Bailey. Like, why is this happening? Ah, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, the dog's instincts, I trust. And my own senses can deceive me, but a dog growling and barking at something, I'm just going to trust. Like, I just, I take that seriously. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Hmm. I liked the part where they're like, this was the first full body apparition. I'm like, technically, it's three bodies because it was a lady and two children. <laughs> Bunch of just floating heads previously. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, just yeah. like, you know, lights in the woods, that kind of thing. Okay. If you were to see a floating body part, yeah. what would the creepiest one be? I almost immediately went to penis. Of course. I also immediately thought penis. But then I was like, would that be creepy or just like... Eh, Fucking I weird. wish I didn't see that floated around. Listen, I've seen enough sex toys to be like, this is a thing that I'm aware of. Like I've seen, you know, on Drag Race, silicone boobs like that. That wouldn't make me upset. Maybe like a disembodied torso. I think that's kind of worst case scenario. Just a torso. I don't know. I feel like a limb or a head, like my brain can contextualize, but the, the, the trunk might be quite scary. Trunk bad. Maybe just one arm. Just one arm just like... Flopping around. Flapping in the... Like like a bird. Just kind of like <laughs> flying there. That would be bad. Also, just like... I don't know if this is technically a body part. But like, just like a ponytail. Oh. Just like a floating... But that's like hair. So I don't know if that's... Yeah. I don't know if that counts. But like a floating ponytail, you're like something happened. First off, someone had a ponytail. And secondly, <laughs> now they don't. And it's just floated out here in the woods. Yeah. I'm with you where I think it has to be a limb. Yeah. Either an arm or like a hopping leg would also be extremely creepy. My issue with torso mm-hmm. 
is I feel like if I just saw a torso, my mind wouldn't be able to comprehend exactly what it is <laughs> on its own. Right. But yeah, it doesn't have a good enough silhouette to be creepy. Yeah. It's just kind of like a shape. Mm. I was thinking too, like the idea of like a disembodied hand or like maybe just a finger. That too sort of implies like, where's the rest? Where's yeah. the rest, buddy? Yeah. Like I think that's what a ponytail gets at as well. It's like, where's the rest? Yeah, what's happening there? <laughs> you know, the best thing to see just floating out is just like a butt, right? That'd be very funny. <laughs> you just see a floating butt, you're like, great. Nice. I would laugh and laugh. Yeah. I'm all about that. All about that floating butt. All about that floating butt. <laughs> well, talking about disembodied body parts, this is kind of a tenuous connection, but I do have something all about drawing. And I feel like we, we just conjured in our minds the body parts. What happens, though, if we draw something that maybe conjures something in real life? So this comes from Lourdes and is titled, The Time I Drew a Guardian Angel and Possibly Summoned a Demon. Uh oh. Wow. And she writes, Hey, Julia, Amanda, and Eric. First, wanted to say that I love the podcast. It's my standard thing I listen to when I walk my dog on Saturdays. We love hearing how we're a part of your routine. So thank you for telling us. Yeah. I wanted to share a story from my childhood. I grew up in Puerto Rico in a very Catholic family. We're talking Sunday school every week and getting gifted rosaries and holy water Catholic. I was also an extreme goody two-shoes due to the fear that if I were to misbehave, I would literally be smited down on the spot and sent straight to the fiery pits of hell. Shout out Catholic guilt. And Lourdes goes a step further, Julia, and says, In my now more fucked up, messed up, organized religion brain, this is like truthfully represented as a fear of disappointing people. <laughs> yeah. I'm attaching this photo and I don't like it. Yes. As a kid, one of my favorite aspects of the religion and culture I grew up in was the idea of a guardian angel. What could be better than a little homeboy trying to help your day be better? <laughs> I was also really into medieval fantasy at that point and loved drawing. So some random night, 12-year-old me decided to draw what I thought my guardian angel might look like. I was pretty sure my angel looked like a guy. Could this be the please rescue me, I'm helpless mentality a lot of us girls are grown up being taught? And that he had some really complex blue-green eyes. He wore some kind of Romanesque gladiator armor and had a big shield and sword. And of course, a little halo nestled in his curly hair. Obviously. I, this is so sweet. I love it. It's so relatable. I just, oh, it's delicious. Okay. When I finished my drawing, which I was sitting on my bed while I did that, I felt a little weird about it, but I figured maybe it was me being hard on my art as usual. I decided that what I should do was carefully place the drawing under my pillow so my angel could guard my dreams. Mm. That night, I woke up in the middle of the night from a pretty scary nightmare. The kind where you don't remember the details, but your heart is just racing and you're terrified. I opened my eyes to see pitch black because I told myself I was too old for a nightlight and tried to calm myself down. But the darkness around me felt menacing somehow. Eventually, I managed to get myself back to sleep. This repeated over and over, night after night. One night, I turned on my lamp after waking up and on a whim pulled out the drawing of the angel. When I looked at the art, I felt some really menacing energy from it. Definitely not the secure Ooh. feelings I thought that looking at a personification of a guardian angel should be giving me. What I really wanted to do was burn the drawing, but mm. I was 12 and didn't have access to fire. You got to be a more enterprising 12-year-old. Yeah, find that lighter <laughs> in the kitchen. Find the matches. No, don't do children, that. Bad children, idea. don't do that. Do not do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So instead, I went over to my desk where I happened to have a vial of holy water and I poured a little bit have to save it for the big days, mm. onto the picture, and then carefully folded the picture and put it in the bottom of my trash can. The next day, I tossed my trash out as soon as I got home from school. And after that, the nightmare subsided. Ooh. I started sleeping better, but it definitely took some time to feel comfortable again. After a few months, I told a friend's mom about the experience, and they said it was quite possible that the drawing of a holy entity was treated as a challenge by the devil, so he sent a demon to torment me. Checks out. Makes sense. 
I was really hoping the picture was going to catch fire when you pour the holy water on it. I thought it was going to sizzle. I was with you there. I also hoped, but I thought that that was, as a fellow, you know, raised Catholic, I thought that was a wonderful way to be like, listen, I'm going to give it some extra protection. Not going to rip it because that might be unholy. Going to just fold it, put some holy water on there for good measure, take out my own trash because I'm 12 and do chores. Yeah. And, um, you know, I thought you handled that quite well. Yeah. 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 Very professional handling of, of, of the situation. Better than some adults who write in on this show, to be quite honest. Yeah. Indeed. And I, I wonder, too, if either of you had kind of baggage or expectations around holy water, which is to say that when I, some denominations of Christianity drink holy water, you can like bring Whoa. in people who are sick. And exactly. I had the exact same reaction where I was like, uh -huh, what? Because in Catholicism, you use it to, you know, anoint yourself. But at least in, in my growing up, we didn't like consume it or, or even take it out of the house unless you needed it to like bring to somebody who was sick, you know, to like use. And so when I saw friends who were Orthodox Christian drink it, I was like, Hawa? And and realized then that the exorcist had really creeped into my brain, even though I'd never seen it just because I was like growing up in America. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think most evangelicals use holy water in any in any fashion. So I have no thoughts, baggage uh, about about holy water as a, as a concept, really. It's a real Catholic thing then, huh? It really is. It's, it's mm. definitely like the old school Christianities mm. are the ones that have the holy water. Yeah. That checks out. I have the same baggage as you, Amanda. <laughs> we went to the same church. You know what's up. Amor had a memory for me. So shout out Yvonne, who was like, uh, yep, you, you can drink it. <laughs> it is technically water. Speaking of water, I'm a little parched. So why don't we go into the kitchen for a quick refill? Sounds good. Let's go. I like it. Hey, this is Julia and welcome to the refill. Everyone else is playing party games in the other room, but I decided I wanted to spend a little time with you here in the kitchen, just the two of us, so we could catch up. How are you doing? You good? How are things? I know at least for our new patrons, things are pretty good. Thank you for joining us. Live in multitudes. Alyssa, Penny, Haas, Molly, and Kelly, you join our incredible patrons who allow us to do this as a job, including our supporting producer level patrons, Alicia, Anne, Hannah, Jack, Marie, Jane, J-Bay Bay, Jessica Kinzer, Jessica Stewart, Nieselkins, Little Vomit Spiders Running Around, Megan Moon, Phil Fresh, Captain Jonathan, Malachi Cosmos, Sarah Scott, and Zazie, and our legend level patrons who somehow always have a drink that's full, no matter how many sips they've taken out of it. Wild. Audra, Bex, Clara, Drew, Lexus, Mary, Morgan, Mother of Viking, Sarah, Taylor, and Be Me Up, Scotty. You can join these incredible patrons, our party-going patrons, by going to patreon.com slash spiritspodcast and signing up. You can get recipe cards for every episode. You have over five years of bonus audio that you can go through. And it's just, you know, again, it allows us to do this as our job. And there's nothing better than that, honestly. Now, normally, this is the part of the refill where Amanda would ask me what my favorite thing that I'm watching, listening to, reading lately is. And I got to tell you, I really loved Encanto. I know, like, you know, Disney has its faults, but man, that movie made me cry for 70% of it, and woof, very good. Loved it so much. So if you have the ability to watch that, check it out. It was very, very lovely and sad and wonderful. 
which are my three favorite things. Speaking of my favorite things, shows on Multitude are my favorite things. And I know I'm biased because I am a part of Multitude. But if you like this show, I want you to give Horse a chance. Horse is a podcast about ridiculous stories, internet drama, and some of the biggest and baddest personalities out there today, all from the world of basketball. Now, I don't know much about basketball because I never really watched it. I used to play a game with the bartender at my favorite bar where he would list a city and then I would try to guess what the name of the basketball team for that city was. And I was not very good at that game. But since I started listening to Horse, I've learned so, so much more. Hosts Anna Mamawala and Mike Schubert want the world to know how unbelievable the history and culture of basketball is. They're here to fight gatekeeping and prove that it's entertaining for everyone to follow from super fans to folks who've never cared about sports before. So new episodes release every other Monday. You can just search Horse in your podcast app or check out horsehoops.com. And Horse, because basketball is more than what happens on the court. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on this show, and this month we are discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. People tend to wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but you shouldn't have to do that. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you avoid those lows. I know that when it comes to me and therapy, being able to message my counselor and be like, hey, I had a bad day, when is the next time we can talk about it, really does kind of help set my mental health a little bit more at ease knowing that I have something to look forward to in terms of talking about it with my BetterHelp counselor. And BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So you can give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Spirits listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash spirits. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash spirits. We're also sponsored this week by Brooklyn. I mean, look at you. You made it through the holiday madness, and that means one thing. It is time to treat yourself. You should gift yourself the comfort and relaxation that you deserve with Brooklinen's lineup of cozy bedding and beautiful home essentials made for me time. It's super simple. If you're going to start off the new year right, it means you need to start off the new year well rested. You can hit reset in 2022 with top-notch sleep thanks to Brooklinen's five-star bedding. I'm going to tell you you a true fact about me right now. I slept for 11 hours last night because I had just washed my incredible Brooklyn and sheets and comforter and I was just so burritoed against the cold that I slept for the longest that I can remember sleeping in a real long time. And that's all because of Brooklinen. And that Brooklinen comfort goes way beyond the bedroom. Their collection includes everything from robes and towels to super soft loungewear. So the cozy just keeps on coming. So you can refresh your rest with the comfort essentials from Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code SPIRITS for $20 off your purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and use the promo code SPIRITS for $20 off brooklinen.com promo code spirits. So did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year. And if that's not bad enough, each bottle can be made of more than 90% water. So that's a lose-lose situation for the planet. People, it is 2022. We need to stop wasting water and throwing out more plastic and get Blue Land's revolutionary refill cleaning system instead. 
Their idea is really simple and really beautiful. You buy the bottle once and you refill it forever. No more plastic waste. The only thing that you need to do is discard your outdated idea of what eco-friendly products are. And that's that they're not expensive and they're not less effective. They're actually could be cheaper and could be more effective. You just have to fill up Luland's beautiful and Instagrammable, honestly, they are really Instagrammable, bottles with warm water. You pop in one of their hand soap or spray cleaner tablets and within minutes you have powerful cleaning products products in some incredible scents like iris agave, perrine lemon, and lavender eucalyptus. I have the iris agave hand soap and oof, I love it so, so much. And it's so easy. They came in this beautiful bottle. It smells incredible. It looks really, really nice on my counter. I love it so much. And right now you can get 20% off your first order when you go to blueland.com spirits. That's 20% off your first order of any Blueland products at blueland.com spirits. Blueland dot com slash spirits. It's the new year, which means we've all got exercise on the brain, but what you really need is to exercise your brain. You should resolve to strengthen your mind with a mindfulness practice. And just like a gym routine, you may need a little help from a trainer. That's where Calm comes in. We're partnering with Calm, which is the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools you need to improve the way you feel. You can clear your head with guided daily meditations. You can improve your focus with their curated music tracks, and you can drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for both children and adults. And over 1 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. So you could sleep more, stress less, and live better with Calm. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com spirits. Go to calm.com spirits for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com spirits. And now... Let's get back to the show. So I, in the new year, have become a white guy who talks about Coke Zero on podcasts. Oh, no. I feel like that is a brand of guy, guy that's into Coke Zero. So I am, in fact, drinking a, a Coke Zero and a little bit of whiskey in there as my nice. drink okay. for the week. Just like a classic, classic whiskey and Coke. And I'm going to try to limit the amount I talk about Coke Zero on podcasts. You Thank guys, you. do you guys get that impression that like there are, there is a particular type of guy that's just like Coke Zero and they're just always talking about it on podcasts? You know what? I don't listen to enough podcasts hosted by white guys, mm. so I don't. I was just no. going to say I listen to almost no no white men podcasts. So mm. I try yeah. I try not to to do it too much, but I listen to a few video game podcasts, and unfortunately, a lot of them hard to avoid have have a few white guys out there. I, I do listen to some that have some quite diverse people on there but uh you know there's always gonna be a couple white guys floating around in that sphere hard to avoid in video games press yeah i'm surprised we're not talking about like mountain dew then i feel like mountain dew is like the joke drink now like they're talking about if you're like if you need some gamer fuel but i think the thing that people actually drink (laughs) is is coke zero so i'm not a soda person Mm. at all i feel like if i could readily get baja blast slushies all the time (laughs) i would like if I just had like a machine in my house that just dispersed Baja Blast slushies, yeah. that's what yeah. I would drink. But I have no other desire for any other Mountain Dew product. What I really love, I'm I'm also not a soda drinker, but I love Arnold Palmer's, like half iced tea, half lemonades. The cans of Arnold Palmer's are just unparalleled. I make my version at home sometimes. I'll buy like a big bottle of it sometimes. I'll I'll buy like lemonade and then make iced tea or whatever. But there is nothing like a crisp cold can of Arnold Palmer such that I said to Eric the other day, honey, may we please have these at our wedding? And he was like, I mean, 
Yeah, yes. I want crisp, cold palmies in a big, you know, <laughs> barrel of ice for our guests. Like, I want it. Yeah. But I am drinking today a cellar beer by Plan B Farm Brewery, yeah. which is a lager. And they have like this house beer. The barn beer is their normal variety. And they'll have different versions with different fruits or peppers or herbs or whatever. They have barrel aged versions. It's like the thing that they kind of iterate on a lot. And so this is a kind that was like aged in barrels in their cellar. And it is so crisp. It is like a little bit smoky, but not too much. It's not very hoppy. It's not too sweet. It's not too boozy. It's just a delicious dark beer that I'm drinking out of their ceramic mug uh, that I bought one of to bring home. And there's just nothing like it. That sounds incredible. Mm -hmm. I'm still on my winter warmer kick right now. So I have been buying myself the four packs of the gingerbread cookie pie from Greenport Harbor Brewing Company. And let me tell you, they're so good. Like you would think for a winter warmer, you want it kind of like a not ice cold beer, but they're perfect ice cold. It's like licking gingerbread frosting. It's incredible. It's great. (laughs) Yum. So I hinted at the fact that we had a follow-up email. And this is from Zoe, who you might remember as the gluten-free Cheez-Its dream person. Yes. Yes. So Zoe was the one who sent in the dream that her ex-boyfriend had. And now she has sent in a new story, which is, I am being haunted by shopping carts. My school probably has ghosts and the conspiracy of spirits lore. Oh, wow. Tell me more. So Zoe says, hello, I was so thrilled to hear your commentary on my ex's dreams told in the Urban Legends episode that I had sent in more spooky things, none of which relate to Cheez-Its, gluten-free or otherwise. So I went to college at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and studied geography, cartography, and environmental studies, all of which are housed in the incredibly haunted Science Hall. One of the oldest buildings on campus, this building first of all looks like a haunted mansion. And while the sunlight streams Dreaming through stained glass is beautiful during the day, the echoing hallways and nonsensical layout are not so nice at night. The sign on the outside of the building includes a period at the end of Science Hall because the building has caught fire three times and been repaired, but I guess next time they're going to cut their losses and give up, so this is the final Science Hall TM. Nice, nice. Do you think the Science Hall's haunted because it has the most skeptics and they go so like, we're really gonna, we're really gonna fuck with these guys? That's a great point. That could be it. Like, I feel like theater people are just accepting of any supernatural things. So, like haunting them is easy because they're like, oh, yeah, it's a it's a ghost. But like <laughs> the science people are like, there's surely an explanation for this. But we've had several science people, whether they're grad students or PhD or professors who have written in and been like, yeah, my lab's super haunted. So I don't know how I feel about that. That's true. So Science Hall used to be an anatomy building and supposedly the cadaver labs were on the fourth floor. So the smell wouldn't rise, I guess. And bodies were sent down a chute to the first floor where lessons were completed. Later, Science Hall became the home of geology and geography and the cadaver labs left. In the 60s and 70s, I think, it was a thing to take a date to Science Hall after hours and slide down the chutes because that (gasps) seemed like a totally safe and sanitary and sexy thing to do. Oh my God. How do we feel about that? I like it. It sounds like a good time. (laughs) I hate it. Not because it's morbid, but because it's gross. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they were sanitized, I'm sure, by the time that it changed over. I feel like it's disrespectful to science. Not not to the date, but to science. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. So I personally never saw the shoots, but the fourth floor is very creepy and the fifth floor is worse. 
See, Science Hall's fifth floor is essentially one locked room at the top of the central tower, and the staircase from the fourth to the fifth floor is covered in signatures and stories from geography graduates. The earliest dated signature is from a landscape architecture student in the 1890s. Wow. Some are sweet, some are silly, some are sad, but the effect of ascending into a whirlwind of history scrawled in pen, pencil, and chalk never fails to make me shiver. The scariest thing to me to happen in this building, aside from some final exams, was the time that I stayed too late and almost didn't make it out. I was working on a map of Africa and lost track of time in the geocomputing lab while painstakingly adjusting labels. Before I knew it, I was completely alone, and as the computers reset at 11.30, I needed to save my work and pack up. The last person in for the night was supposed to turn off all the lights in the lab and make sure that the door locked behind them too. The lab was on the mezzanine floor between the third and fourth floor with twisty turny hallways and lots of dark corners. I darted out into the hallway to throw on the light before I turned off the light in the lab and locked the door, and then repeated this process down the narrow stairs until I reached the normal third floor hallway, where I couldn't turn the lights on. Mm. Which was long and dark and the tile echoed with every movement, where a bunch of 3D maps were hanging on the walls, making everything seem ominous. The central staircase wraps around the world's weirdest elevator, which I sure as shit am not going to enter, and I was torn between whistling to feel less alone and being silent to avoid attracting attention. I descended as fast as I could with the sense that something was behind me increasing with every stair. I practically sprinted down the last set of stairs, the massive building feeling tinier and tinier and slammed into the front wooden door like a cartoon character hitting a wall. It was locked. To this day, I do not understand why it was also locked on my side of the door, but I was not thinking rationally. My phone was dying and I felt like crying. I couldn't stay here all night. I knew of another door from the basement that might be open and there were professor's offices down there that might be occupied yet and had keys. But the idea of going into that oppressive basement with its low ceiling and buck wild maze of hallways made my stomach turn. I finally remembered a service door on the landing of the the stairs to the basement and prayed that it would be open. Using the last of my phone's battery, I slunk along the wall of the stairs and shoved the door. I nearly cried with joy when it gave way and I ran outside into the crisp night. I never stayed late again, always being sure someone else was still in the lab when I left. I continued going to class in that building for many more months, but that was the only time I felt unwanted. It was as if Science Hall knew I wasn't supposed to be there still and wanted me out. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Less spooky, but more comical. I'm also being haunted at my current apartment building by shopping carts. There are just a bunch of random carts in my building constantly that I've never seen anyone else use, but they change locations often, including being directly outside my door sometimes. Every time I've needed one for anything, though, I can't find them. Not a single one of the entire three-story building. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Something, 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 Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Perfect. Lastly, because this email is too damn long, I have a theory about Julia's shadow man. 
After recently re-listening to the Mothman episode because I fucking love Mothman, I wonder (laughs) if the man with the hat and the dog is really injured cold and he's warning us about something. Not clear how the dog fits in. Maybe he just wanted a pet to keep him company. But this is my conspiracy nevertheless. Thank you so much for making an incredible show. I recommend this to all my friends and look forward to listening to new episodes each week. Have a spooky new year. Adorable. Yes. I think... I've started to notice a trend. Okay. Okay. In the last, I want to say three urban legends, including this one, starting with the spookiest story we've ever told. I feel like we've had a story where there's been a weird elevator, right? Hmm. Because there was that museum where they went down and there was an elevator to get down there. And I feel like there was probably an elevator or they're just generally underground in that spookiest story. Mm -hmm. And this one's also got a spooky elevator. So what, what do we think's going on there? Because it seems like a lot of people have been writing in lately about like, I mean, is it just like you're descending and there is something inherently spooky about that? It's like an airplane in which you are putting your life in the hands of a machine that might malfunction. Yes. I like I understand why a lot of people have a fear of elevators. I personally don't, but I understand like yeah. being in an enclosed space that is also typically, you know, on cables taking you up multiple stories usually bad yeah yeah i agree it's the like immediate moral peril plus the existential terror (laughs) yeah i think it's just elevators man they're just kind of creepy just elevators they're creepy yeah i have a pleasant story that we can uh we can close out on here excellent this comes from casey and it's titled gentle ghost also a camp song she writes hey i'm excited to be writing to you all again you read my last urban legend about the screaming in the woods on one of the episodes and i was really excited about it it's always screaming in the woods huh I know. It's always something screaming in there. Here are the other two stories I wanted to share with you. The first one is about my new home. We moved in about five months ago as of early November, so it's been a little longer now. And I quickly found out it was haunted. Our home is a triplex built in 1900 in northeast Minneapolis. Hmm. It is old and beautiful, and I'm sure has many great stories to share. But also many ghosts. Apparently. I'm also very jealous. Minneapolis has such beautiful homes. Mm -hmm. In about the first week, I came home from work to no boyfriend or dogs. We have two big girls who always meet you at the door. The logical assumption is, of course, that they're out on a walk. I began setting my stuff down and could hear our roommate, they them, downstairs laughing. It kind of sounded like they were on the phone or something. As I was by the front of the house, I could clearly see outside down the street my boyfriend with our two dogs and our roommate Mm. all on a walk together. Mm -mm. I ran outside as I was very freaked out and asked if my roommate's partner was over. And no, they weren't over either. We went back to investigate and found nothing. Things subsided for a while, but I will say I never felt an uneasy feeling. Whoever was occupying our home wasn't malevolent. She sounded young and maybe mischievous, but not with any kind of ill intent. I think she proved me right when a few weeks later I encountered her once more. I was sitting at my vanity getting ready for the day, and I felt a pinpointed blowing of cold air on the side of my face. Oh, hell no, dog. Oh, Julia, I rarely see you shake your head so vociferously during an Urban Legends recording. Mm -mm, Don't like that. It seemed like a fluke to happen once, so I proceeded with my makeup. Oh, God. (laughs) Then it happened again. I looked to the side and saw nothing. No fan, no dogs, no boyfriend, no roommate. No one was there. There was no explanation for the cold sensation happening to my cheek. I spoke to the emptiness. Hello? Thank you for welcoming me in your home. 
is quite lovely. What? Good politeness. Politeness works against ghosts. We know this. I love this. I love this. Ghosts want you to be polite. I love it. Oh, wait. It. That's what they... I thought the ghost said that back. Oh, no. That would be bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. I thought the ghost had responded in kind. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hello. Welcome to my home. <laughs> yeah. That would have been very funny. But no, this is Casey being like polite and proactive, and I'm very gotcha, into it. Gotcha. I'm also just saying Minnesota ghosts would be the most polite ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love this. Okay. Um, Casey continues, nothing happened, so I went on with my day. I didn't feel scared, but I also didn't necessarily feel alone. Then it happened once more. The third time, just as cold and pinpointed on my cheek as the first two times. I waited. Nothing happened. And I later spoke to my roommate's partner as they have much more experience with the supernatural. And they informed me that the chilling sensation I experienced was likely the ghost just touching me, not blowing on me. But they said the gentle feminine presence was likely caressing my cheek. It's been a while since any interaction with our house ghost, but I still feel like she is present even when I'm alone. I'm I'm into this. I think this is a pretty good outcome for everybody involved. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about the first story. If it's like a triplex, do you think that means an, it's like an attached home? That is the context where I hear that word used. Yeah. So I would have to guess. Yeah. In our city, we have triplexes where it's three floors, three floors, one house. Different, okay. Different people. Yeah. Or like maybe like a semi-attached, you know, or yeah. like a yeah. row house type thing. Plex makes me think that it might be attached. Usually we'd say like three-story home, I guess. But if it is an attached home, I thought maybe you were hearing your neighbors through the walls or something like that. But the blowing or the caressing. No mm. good. No, no good. No, no good. That's something very specific. I've got one more if you guys want to just keep it real creepy towards the end here. I mean, creepy oh, new yeah. year. Yeah. So this is titled, Just a Couple of Ignorant Americans Cursed by Czech Vampires. Yes. Naturally. Naturally. And this is from Cool Cal, and she writes, My best friend and I lived in Prague, Czech Republic for a semester during undergrad. This friend is the one who recommended that I listen to Spears' podcast. Yay! Yeah, good friend. Prague is a beautiful city filled with many supernatural stories, but our experience with the curse happened outside of the city in a school-sponsored trip to Chesky Krumlov. The town is a popular tourist spot, and luckily we had a knowledgeable Czech guide to tell all of us students about the history of the area. This guide mentioned some cool stuff around the town for our free time in the afternoon and evening, and on her list was a hiking trail up a nearby hill. My friend and I decided to take the trail over half a mile through overgrown fields and get the best view of the town below for our trip photos. We arrived at the top of the hill at golden hour and didn't see another soul the whole walk. That's bad. That's bad. As a hiker, mm -hmm. you want to see other people. Alone atop the hill was a single building, an old church. The name of the church has a few translations, but the best that I could find in my research was the chapel on the hill of Our Lady Dolores and the Holy Cross. It's a long name. Mm -hmm. The church doors were chained shut, so we couldn't get a very good look inside. After lots of pictures at sunset, we followed the trail back into town for dinner and rest. The next day, I was overcome with illness, sick to my stomach and unable to accompany my friend on any of the day's activities. All signs pointed to food poisoning, even though I had eaten the same meal at the same food stalls as other students on the trip and no one else had gotten sick. 
My friend did head out on the tours, and while being guided through an old mine, her foot slipped on the rocky path and she sprained her ankle so severely it eventually needed surgery. Back in our school's tour bus and down for the count while the rest of the students went on without us, together we asked the local guide for information about Chesky Krumlov's history to pass the time. At one point, we mentioned enjoying the view of the sunset from the church on the hill the previous evening, and her demeanor changed completely. She said she should have warned us about taking the trail so close to nighttime. According to her, the church on the hill is besides one of the town's old grave sites. During a recent restoration project for the church, residents of Chesky Krumlov rediscovered something unique about the site. A few bodies contained within were buried unusually, mm. each weighed down with heavy stones and the stones mm. lodged in their mouths. No, 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 thank you. One body was even decapitated before burial. These were the graves of vampires. Centuries ago, villagers would take corpses suspected of actually being vampires and bury them away from the city atop the hill. The church supposedly houses a piece of the cross that Jesus was nailed to, and villagers hoped that this holy relic would suppress the evil of any vampires buried nearby. The guide told us that the vampires have never risen from their burial place thanks to the holy power, but their presence can still be felt in town at night. Usually this presence manifests as a curse of nightmares for the town residents below the hill, but the closer you are to their resting place at night, the more dangerous their curse can be. Maybe the guide just told a spooky story to comfort us ailing students, but it also could be possible that two ignorant Americans accidentally spent nightfall in a vampire gravesite and were struck by the Czech vampire's curse. At least our good photos outlasted the pain. And that was from Cool Cal. What the fuck? Oh, cool, Cal. I enjoyed that. You ever, you ever see a piece of that cross? My my friend's church had a piece of the cross, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I feel like a church, in order to, like, become a church and be recognized by the church in general, has to have some holy relic. So, I've seen full saints skeletons because I've been to Rome and they just do that there. There's, like, this is just an old guy. He's just an old guy. Well, relics bring tourism. They mm. bring pilgrimages, mm. which brings money. And so lots and lots and lots of uh, pieces of the same body are lots and lots of different places. I've seen some very cool relicaries, which are like ornate things that are supposed to hold relics, aka pieces of saints, in the Cloisters Museum in uh, in New York. And uh, they're creepy as fuck, and I love them. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I think nothing better than like something. I mean, this is probably just a very small splinter, but like what better to keep a vampire away than a, a piece of wood you could you could poke them with yeah and That's also true. it's a cross yeah it's double duty double duty well that was a lovely creepy cool myth to end the episode on i would say i yeah. would agree i hope that none of our listeners are going into the new year cursed by vampires definitely not that would be bad, bad that news. would be bad that'd be bad but if you do come across vampire graves like snap a pic i would love to see them mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. send us those sunset pics please <laughs> well, everybody, enjoy the end of your January and remember, stay creepy, stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us in your urban legends and your advice from folklore questions at spiritspodcast.com. 
Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, for all kinds of behind-the-scenes goodies. Just a dollar gets you access to audio extras with so much more, like recipe cards, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, for every single episode, director's commentaries, real physical gifts, and more. We are a founding member of Multitude, an independent podcast collective and production studio. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. Above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please text one friend about us. That's the very best way to help keep us growing. Thanks for listening to Spirits. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.